Welcome to The Loop Podcast, where we are transforming education in plastic surgery since 2020. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Loop Podcast. Today's episode is a resident-based in-service review of melanoma. This is a breakdown of key points from previous examinations that may help if you're studying for boards or the in-service exam. What we need to know about melanoma is pretty straightforward, so this will be fairly short. I'm here today with Dr. Marvin Arguello and Garita. Thank you for participating in this episode. First, tell me where are you from, what is your history, and what are your future ambitions? Thanks, Morgan. Thank you for the invitation. So I'm originally, I was born in New York. Uh, I was raised in Puerto Rico, but my family is actually all Colombian. Um, I went to medical school in Puerto Rico at Ponce School of Medicine. Uh, did general surgery at Rutgers University back in Newark. Uh, and then I'm currently one of the new fellows here at Emory University for plastic surgery. In the future, I envision myself doing a combination of aesthetics and reconstructive surgery. Thanks so much for participating with us. Now let's get started with today's content, which is talking about melanoma. First, what are the clinical features of melanoma? So Morgan, the features for melanoma are asymmetry, irregular borders, heterogeneous color, diameter more than six millimeters, and evolution. What are the prognostic indicators? So the prognostic indicators, number one is thickness, and this is in millimeters. Number two is ulceration. So keep in mind, in the past, mitotic rate was a factor, but is no longer a factor in determining the T-stage. So next is sentinel lymph node biopsy. So all patients with melanoma with a thickness greater than one millimeter, they need a sentinel lymph node biopsy. And this is the most powerful predictor of outcome. And this was established by the MSLT1 trial. Okay, so what are the subtypes of melanoma? There are various uh, subtypes of melanoma. The first one we're going to be talking about is superficial spreading. This is the most common subtype of melanoma. There is lateral spreading of malignant melanocytes in the epidermis, and there is a prolonged lateral growth prior to vertical growth. Next is nodular. This is the second most common. It is found on the trunk, head, and neck. It has a rapid vertical growth compared to radial growth. It is dark and dome-shaped and looks like a blood blister. It has increased metastatic potential. All right, the third one we're going to be talking about is lentigo maligna. This is a rare version of melanoma. It has a low malignant potential, although it gets confused by its name. It has a strong correlation to sun exposure, and it's found mostly on sun-exposed areas like the face, neck, and head. Its first appearance is usually a tan lesion with convoluted patterns. So next is acral lentiginous. It is the least common subtype. It is found on the palms, the soles, and nail beds. So acral lentiginous melanoma is the rarest in Caucasians, but it accounts for greater than 30% of all melanomas that occur in dark-skinned individuals. So think of it as more common in dark-skinned individuals. It has a five-year survival rate of 80%, and just like every melanoma, tumor thickness is very important and is the most important prognostic indicator. They are very aggressive, and they frequently metastasize. They are upstaged by ulceration or lymphatic or nerve involvement. 
And it's okay for wide local excision for inside two lesions, but otherwise it is hard to get margins and amputation is usually necessary to the nearest joint, say for a finger. So Marvin, what are the subungual melanoma characteristics? So subungual is usually seen in patients the age of 50 to 70 years old. You classically see a longitudinal band in the nail plate greater than three millimeters in width. It usually has irregular borders. Um, there is a change in lesion size or color over time. There can be a periungal pigmentation of the nail folds and hyponychium. And this is known as the Hutchinson sign. Some have a family or personal history of melanoma, and it is seen usually on a single finger. Differential diagnoses for these kind of lesions include benign lesions like melanoma, uh, which can affect multiple digits. And this is from either nevi or neal apparatus lentigo. Also, trauma can be a differential diagnosis, drug therapy, or infections. Okay, the last subtype is desmoplastic. So this is rare. It has aggressive local growth, but rarely metastasizes. It has similar histology to spindle cell tumors, confused with common nevi, spitz nevi, or hemangioma. Next, let's discuss resection margins. For in situ lesions, 0.5 to 1 centimeter margins are sufficient. For thin melanomas, which are less than one millimeter of thickness, you should obtain a one centimeter margin. Intermediate thickness melanomas, which are between one and four millimeters, these are the ones up for discussion. So if it's between one to two millimeter thickness, you need a one to two centimeter margin. Two to four millimeters, you need a two centimeter margin. And for greater than four millimeters, or this would be a thick melanoma, you still just need a two centimeter margin. In general, if you are deciding between one to two centimeters, choose two if the location is amenable for two centimeters versus maybe closer to one centimeter if it's a sensitive area such as the face. The one centimeter margin is acceptable, however, may increase the rate of local recurrence. Now let's talk about distant metastases. The AJCC, which is the American Joint Committee on Cancer, has divided locations of metastases into three subgroups for prognosis. What are they? With skin and soft tissue, which gives you the best prognostic factor. The second site of metastatic distant metastases can be to the lung, which is an intermediate prognostic factor. And then liver and brain or visceral usually have the worst prognostics. Any patient with an elevated LDH gets upstaged to this last subgroup. What should we know about melanoma in pregnancy? For melanoma and pregnancy, you should surgically excise with wide local excision under local after preoperative lymphocentigraphy. So you can do lymphocentigraphy in a pregnant patient. Sentinel lymph node biopsy should be performed during either the second trimester or after delivery with general anesthesia. So of note, so you cannot use methylene blue, but you can use the radioactive tracer which is the Technetium 99 suffer colloid. Okay, everyone, that was really quick and easy. Thank you for a fast overview. And this is likely what you are going to see on the in-surface exam or on the boards related to melanoma. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Loop. Follow us for more educational content, including the recorded episodes with visual supplements. We'll catch you next time on The Loop.